0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 175. Every day on a Royal Caribbean ship is a great opportunity, and everyone looks forward to spending any time they can on board a Royal Caribbean ship. However, the last day of your cruise, the disembarkation day, well, it's not the most eagerly awaited day of any particular cruise, but it is still a very important day, and on this week's episode, we're sharing with you tips and advice on how to handle your last day on board and what the disembarkation process is going to be like. Here we go. You know, there's many days that we all look forward to on a cruise. Maybe it's Embarkation Day. Maybe it's that visit to the port you've been looking forward to for many years. Perhaps it's even the day that one of Caribbean's private destinations. But I don't think anybody looks forward to what we're going to talk about today, which is Disembarkation Day. But that doesn't mean it's not important to talk about, especially to be aware of what goes on on that fateful final day of the cruise. And to bring light to this rather dull day, I <laughs> brought on board my good friend, uh billy hirsch from cruisehabit.com welcome back to the podcast billy
1: thank you for having me again and you know for bringing me on for the most depressing show you've ever done
0: (laughs) yes the show is bound to depress everybody it's the last day and the reason why it's depressing is because no one wants to get off on off the ship in fact billy you start getting depressed the day before the last day
1: Oh, easily. On a three-day cruise, I just – after I have lunch on embarkation day, I begin getting depressed.
0: (laughs) It's all over, people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wish that were a lie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So – and you know what? To that point, though, when I said that you become a little depressed the day before, that's actually when disembarkation begins really because when you get back to your room – you are going to, well, a couple things on the day before. Odds are you're going to start packing because you need to start putting your luggage out uh, in the room. That's probably the first step because if you want to have the Royal Caribbean deliver your luggage from the ship to the port, that way you don't have to lug it all around the ship and off the ship and then to your car, just you cut out that, that middle piece, Royal Caribbean offers you the opportunity to uh, put your bags out usually by midnight. The time may vary from ship to ship, but uh, as long as you have your bags out by eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock that evening, they will take your luggage and deliver it to a area for you in the port. So that way, you don't have to lug that around. And I always take advantage of this. You don't have to do this, by the way. You can elect to do what's called self disembarkation. We'll talk about that a little bit more in what that entails. But um, obviously, if you've got a fair amount of luggage involved, it's going to be easier. For Royal Caribbean to take your luggage for you, uh, you just have to pack it all up the night before and, and put it there. And I guess a couple of questions for you, Billy. Number one, do you you put your luggage out, or are you a self disembarkation kind of guy?
1: You know, it depends on a, on a three night sailing. Um, generally, I haven't brought along enough stuff to make it make a difference um, because I'm always going to have some carry on bag uh, with camera equipment, my laptop uh a, a Ming vase that I picked up in Nassau. So um so for those shorter sailings I tend to just walk off. Four nights it depends anything past that I usually do go ahead and have them uh check my bags. You know, it doesn't cost anything. Um I have to walk right by where the bags are stored anyway, so um and because especially when it's a Florida sailing, I'm local, I'm in no rush to get off. So it's not like um it's not like I need to do that, you know, in case there's a delay with the luggage. So yeah, it depends on the length of the sailing for me.
0: Sure, that makes sense. And are you when you are on like a seven night sailing and you're and you you are you taking advantage of the service? What's your strategy? Do you have the all dirty laundry in one bag and whatever's left over in the other bag? Do you just slam it all in there? Because usually I slam it all in there and then and the wife goes, "Oh no, no, this is not going to work."
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> for me, dirty laundry. At the end of a cruise, there are no packing rules, right? Yeah. If you can cram it in there, that's all that counts. So what I'll usually do <laughs> exactly. is actually, if it's uh, if it's a sailing longer than three or four nights, then uh, then sometimes even two nights before, I'll round up all the dirty laundry, anything I know we're not going to use the, the next two days or day and a half, whatever the case may be, and I'll, I'll fill a bag. Um, it just makes it so it's a, a little less work. I, I, I so frequently feel like the, the last night of a cruise, yeah that's the time you want to really enjoy your cruise as much as possible. Get in every last moment of the cruise experience, not when you want to be packing. so i try and I, I try and prepack um and that's usually when I dedicate at that point i, I have my dedicated um, bag or section of a bag to just shove dirty laundry in there.
0: That makes sense actually, because I was gonna ask you the other question is when do you pack because on that last day, you need to put all your most people wait for the last day to pack it all up and you could do that obviously in the morning in the afternoon or do you wait for some people literally wait for the last minute like they're ten thirty at night you know they're they're cramming the stuff in the bag and I, by the way, I like your total guy answer which is just, just shove it all in there and you know it'll just it'll make itself work because, People put a lot of thought and effort into packing before the cruise. Like, ah, yes, I've got this masterful method that I learned through my Zen training up on the mountaintop of the Himalayas to get my 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 clothes not to have creases in them. But when it comes to the end of the cruise, nah, just throw it all in there and make it work.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, why should you make it more difficult unless you have a second leg of your trip or something like that? In which case, uh, you know, if you, if you have a, a post-cruise vacation, if you will – in that case, you, sh- you also shouldn't run into this problem because ideally you've packed all of the things you're going to need for that part of a trip in a totally separate bag or a separate section of a bag or a separate packing cube or whatever because uh, in anything I do with pre- uh, pre-cruise, cruise, and post-cruise, I try and make it so that those things don't overlap. Uh, yeah, that, keep everything separate and keep it simple.
0: Now, the other thing that's going to happen on that last day is you're going to get the luggage tags for the process of putting your luggage, your luggage out there. So what's going to happen is Railcrim is going to give you a luggage tag to your room. That's a sign. It's it's going to be a number, and the number sequences vary from ship to ship and all that kind of stuff. But basically – the numbers are called in the order in which sequentially starting from let's assume one all the way up to whatever they go up to. And essentially is you know, it, it's like a boarding it's like reverse boarding, right? When they call your luggage group, that means your luggage is, is ready to be picked up and that means you are ready you can leave the ship at any at any point from that time forward. So if they call your number at seven thirty in the morning and you're not ready to go up until eight thirty in the morning, that's not a problem. That that's fine. In fact, but you can't get off before that time, before seven thirty in the morning. In this example because your luggage won't be ready yet for you.
1: I was just going to say uh, it's important to note that while they give you times, guidelines, Royal Caribbean and and every cruise line I think I've been on gives you some sort of uh, window for when they're going to call each of these numbers or colors. Different cruise lines do it different ways. And I think even Royal Caribbean used to do it a different way. I think they used to use letters years ago. Um, It's important to note that's just when they think it's going to happen. Um, So you want to listen out and they have television screens that show you because – Things change. Sometimes it goes faster than expected. Sometimes slower than expected. Um, yep. y- you don't want to depend on on just what they predict will happen. Right, and you're absolutely
0: right. There's there's a number of factors involved. First and foremost, customs, uh, United States customs or any customs, whatever country you're happening going to, you, you can never account for that. Right? They may be doing a, a surprise Coast Guard inspection. That can happen as well. And all the you know if, if there's an issue, if there's a power problem, a connectivity problem, these can all contribute to delays. So. Some things are – most of this actually is out of Royal Caribbean's hands. They can try their best to make it work, but there's only so much you can do about it. Now, there is something else to keep in mind, which is whatever number you get, in reality, you're not actually married to the number. Some people think, well, this is the number I got, and you know, looks like we're not leaving here until 8.45 in the morning, give or take. Well, not necessarily. I mean, if you're on a schedule, if you've got to make a flight or you're going to be driving somewhere for a really long time, or you just need to get off the board of the ship. There are options. Uh, the, your best option is to go to guest services as soon as you can, cause the line will never get shorter than that last day of the cruise and, and speak with guest relations. Explain to them the situation. Hey, I got this number. It says you'll get a guide, by the way, it shows you what the numbers correspond to in terms of what time they think you'll be getting off the ship. And you know, you can tell them, look, it says here, I'm supposed to get off the ship at nine thirty in the morning, but we've got a flight and I, I'm not sure it's going to work. You know, can we get a lower number? They're very accommodating, and in almost every single situation I've ever encountered, when I've told them, you know, different stories about why I need to get off the ship earlier, they're, they've been pretty accommodating with us. So keep that in mind. You're, even though the number you get may seem like that's the number for you, that's just a guess by Royal Caribbean's part. And if some, if you need a, a a lower number, a number that gets off the ship earlier, that's okay too. You can uh, talk to Royal Caribbean. They're usually they've been pretty accommodating with that in my experience.
1: Yeah, they they don't think twice because it, all they're trying to do is evenly distribute. The, yes. the thousands of bags that there are, tens of thousands in some cases, right? They're just trying to evenly distribute things. So, you know, different people need different, different uh, disembarkation times. Now, you mentioned the, the best thing to do is talk to guest services. I'll actually go one better. The best thing to do is when you book your cruise or when you check in online or when you talk to your travel agent before sailing, let them know what time you, uh, you, you know, if you have a flight, what time that flight leaves, or if you have a transfer, what time that transfer is scheduled for. Uh, it is one of the questions that Royal Caribbean asks you when you complete your online check-in. And, and the reason is so that they know who how many people needs to get, need to get off the ship when, because um, right. they, they want you to be able to make it home. They don't want you to, to struggle. And, it, you know, if you don't do that at check-on or your plans change, that happens. Absolutely um and you know you you don't do it in the, the middle of the cruise you don't request tags early you could always try that um it's really important to note that if you've already put your bags out there and there's already a tag on there it's too it's too late now <laughs> yeah. cuz picture those tens of thousands of bags loaded up uh down below deck um it, Needle in a haystack doesn't begin to describe because hay is very lightweight. (laughs) Um, So you got to make sure that, again, whether you do it uh, at check-in with your travel agent, uh, in the middle of the cruise, the last night, that it's before you put your bags out there with those other tags.
0: Not only that, another tip about putting your bags out there. Keep in mind that whatever you put out there, like you said, is kind of out there. So you want to make sure that you keep a bag back with a change of clothes for the next day, any medication you need for the next day. Basically, all the stuff you need from, let's say, midnight on that night before the last uh, or the day cruise, however you want to look at it, through the point of getting off the ship and picking up your bag. So a lot of people usually overlook that. they like, oh, well, here's all my clothes that I'm not wearing. Let me throw it all in there. And then they realize, oh, no, I don't have anything to wear on <laughs> on disembarkation day. Or I forgot I put all my medication in there. Or I put you know, uh, the kid's iPad in there. Whatever you need. You or need to or even your
1: documents. Which you'll right. get your documents, but that's that's not really the time. You don't want to be the guy that's and, – and I've seen it. I've seen it almost every cruise. There's some guy that's tearing open a giant suitcase packed with dirty laundry trying to find <laughs> his passport or something uh, You know, in, in the terminal. You, you don't want to be that guy. Um, if I can throw in, though, uh, another consideration as far as you're going to need some things in the morning that day, um, kind of a, a, a reverse of that is something – and I'm guilty of this. I've done it. I don't know, maybe almost every cruise is (laughs) I try and pack as efficiently as possible and and think what needs to go in the bags that I'm checking when I'm getting on the ship and which which I need to carry on and toiletries. I go, well, I don't need toiletries until the evening. I'll throw those in the checked bag. Less weight for me to carry around to the uh, to the wind jammer or whatever I'm going to do when I when I first board the ship. Um, And if you've maxed out the space in your checked bag, and you've maxed out the space in your carry-on bag. You've you've won at this game of Tetris, so you think. And then that last night comes, you go, "Ooh, I'm going to need my toiletry bag tonight and tomorrow morning when I go to get off the ship before before I leave my cabin, going to want to brush my teeth, comb my hair." And suddenly you're not sure where that toiletry bag is going to fit in your carry-on. So you may want to leave uh, either just bring your your toiletries on, or just at least leave space. Know that you're going to need to uh, you're not going to want to check your toiletries.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, great point, and and I think the other thing to keep in mind is also we're talking all about this, you know, luggage and, and checking your luggage and all that. You don't have to do it, by the way. You don't have to put your luggage out there. You can bring it all yourself. There's a couple advantages and a couple disadvantages of doing so. So Royal Caribbean calls this self disembarkation, and it allows you basically once the ship is cleared, anyone who wants to do self disembarkation can do so. Basically, you're in charge of your luggage, so you have you'll get no assistance from Royal Caribbean in terms of transporting it. Right? You can't. There's no bellhop or anybody who will bring it down for you, but you have the opportunity to bring your own luggage down there, and that allows you to get off the ship A the earliest, B without waiting for any number, even if you're not saying, Well, I don't want to get off the ship at seven, but I want to not be hindered by waiting for my number to be called, so that's another option there. Now, that gives you a lot of flexibility. On the flip side, of course, you gotta drag all your luggage off the ship when depending on how much luggage you have that may or may not be a problem if like billy said you were like you mentioned earlier billy if you have you're on a three-night cruise or or whatever cruise you only have you know one or two bags and you're you know you've been pretty uh spartan with with what you have in terms of packing maybe that's not a problem for you and then you don't have to worry about any of this stuff and it makes it a whole lot simpler but again you're still the one who has to lug it around and how much of a hassle that is can depend really on your particular scenario
1: it can also depend on the ship, the port, you know, what type of disembarkation you experience. Because if you're on a very, if you're on a, a smaller vessel, if you're on a, a Radiance class ship, let, let's say, and you're at uh, Port Canaveral or Tampa, that's a better example since a Radiance class ship is out of Tampa, um, Those that port has things pretty well together that's a smaller ship, you're less likely to have a long uh, walk through a maze and, you know, multiple elevators and things like that. Uh, than you are at some other ports. Right. Good point. So
0: let's uh, that that pretty much covers the night before. You obviously the one want to wake up the next day, and you'll be in port, and you'll be even more depressed. You thought last yesterday was depressing. <laughs> at least you were on a ship the whole day. This day, you're getting off the thing. And uh, this is the part where you start to uh, get yourself ready to go. What's interesting is they actually, uh, in, at least they post it this way, you're supposed to be out of the room by a certain time, even though you can still be on board the ship for a little bit time longer than that. But they want to clear the room and clear you out of it so they can get it ready for the next guests. So that's usually the most you – know, you're going to wake up. You're going to get yourself ready. Whatever you have left pack, you pack, and you're kind of on your merry way. And usually most people go for breakfast on board the ship somewhere. There will be a number of places open for breakfast, plenty of opportunities, in fact, to, to have breakfast. Uh, the Windjammer will have it. <clears throat> Depending on what ship we're talking about, obviously, you can have other places like Park Cafe or Cafe Promenade or Cafe Latitudes. That will have other options as well. But there is going to be breakfast provided for you. Your drink package is still work on the last day, believe it or not. If you want to get one last beer in, you can do so. So keep that in mind. If you've got a drink package, that does
1: work there. Uh, that the, means you also, get your espresso too, because it's an early morning.
0: Yes, very good point. Uh, so if you have your right, if you have any drink package that covers, especially coffee. There's your opportunity as well. Also, the next cruise office is usually open on the last day. Most people don't think about it. They don't take appointments either. It's more of a walk up thing. But I did this one time on Brilliance of the Seas. We stopped by because there was a new promotion that came out that particular day and they were like, Oh yeah, no, we'll be open. They're always there. I mean they're paying paid to be there whether, you know, someone's there or not. It's not like too many people to take advantage of it. So if you're looking to one last – you know, maybe you got time to kill before before flight, hey, go to the next cruise office and, and make that happen. I mean, Billy, what's your what do you usually do between when you wake up to when you say, "Okay, I'm going to get off the ship"? Not, not you know, just while you're still on board. What, what's your game plan? Do you eat on board? Or are you not hungry when you're on board? Are you just crying all the way to the? I
1: sob the game into way? my carry on bag. That's that's absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so as you mentioned, uh, nine o'clock seems to be the standard time they want you out of your stateroom. And and while I want to stick around for every last moment of that cruise that I can, and I sleep until the last minute. I'm I'm not an early riser, as many of you know. Um, it is important that you're out of your stateroom by then. So I make sure by 9 o'clock I'm out of the stateroom. They have a huge task of turning around the ship. Um, so that, that's my personal request of everyone listening. Uh, be, be courteous to the, the people working hard and get out of your cabin before 9 o'clock. So, uh, so once we're out of the stateroom and we, we're carrying all of our bags with us, you know, I, to me, I, I paid for that last breakfast. I'm getting that last breakfast. Um, so I make sure that, uh, that I grab breakfast, excuse me, uh, grab that specialty coffee. Uh, I drink espresso. That's absolutely correct. You can order your specialty coffee right up until the end. Uh, and then find a comfortable place. If you're not in a rush, if you're not one of the people that, you know, where you need to, to catch a transfer or something, uh, find a comfy place. What I've noticed is while there are designated lounges, and, uh, and they tell you, you know, if luggage tag 10 through 16, you know, go to this lounge and wait and you can, and they will make important announcements there, uh, with regard to the time. If you're killing some time, find a space that maybe isn't one of those because they'll get, those areas will get pretty busy and, and don't hang out near where the, uh, disembarkation areas near where the gangways, because a lot of people do that and it looks like a really classy refugee camp. So I, I, uh, I try and avoid that, um, and we just find a lounge. It's a good time if, if you didn't have VOOM or maybe even if you did, it's a good time to check your email, see what you've missed while you're uh, while you're on vacation, because it's it's like when you hear people honk in a traffic jam. There's there's no point, you know, rushing. Um, it, it's just about uh, find someplace nice. And I like to find someplace a lounge that has a view of the sea because I don't know. I'm already depressed the last day. So when we find a place to sit, I don't want to stare at the port. That's, that's not what I'm looking at. Get a view of the sea, have some coffee. Um, if you, uh, if you go to park cafe, not only do they have coffee, but, uh, we did this because, you know, I just told you make sure we have breakfast. We actually missed it. Just miscalculation on, uh, on independence a week uh, or so ago. So, uh, what we did, one week ago, actually, what we did was went to Park Cafe and they had all sorts of danishes and stuff, in addition to coffee. So, and they keep serving those, you know, they they never empty that area out. As you know, it's twenty four hour. So, so we head over there. We've done that on a couple sailings now, and just relax until you hear that number called.
0: Yeah, that's a fair, it's a fair statement. I think most people go about that. Also, it's worth noting that there are some designated areas depending on your status in Crown and Anchor Society or the type of stateroom you're in. So if you're in a suite, you uh, still have a special area for you. Uh, certain members, like Diamond members and above, have a special area for them as well. It'll all be listed in in the... Uh, you get a flyer. It's almost like a crown a cruise compass-type document that has that information in there, and you'll be able to know where to go. Or you can just you know find a public spot if you're on an Oasis-class ship, hang out in Central Park and enjoy the ambiance there. But eventually everybody's time comes and they've got a number and it's your time to get off the ship and getting off the ship is fairly easy. It's probably one of the simplest parts. The next, the rest of it is kind of the, the fun part. Um, getting off the ship is pretty easy. You're going to need your pass card. They're going to scan it. In fact, I even confirmed Billy, you can actually disembark with just a wow band. If you happen to be on a ship that has that, they don't really, they don't care. They're, they're not looking for ID at that point. It's more when you get through customs, that's going to be the issue, but they'll scan your pass card. So that way you can, they can verify, okay, you know, So-and-so has already left the ship. And then you usually navigate a maze of gangways and pathways to get you to, uh, first of all, to luggage. So if you checked luggage, there'll be a luggage area. It's usually, again, by the number based on your luggage text. So make sure you actually make a note. I remember a couple times I was like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea what my number is. I did not pay attention. (laughs) And then it's like, okay. But um, make sure you note the number. And then you'll find the cruise
1: equivalent of forgetting which parking lot you parked in at the Magic Kingdom.
0: Exactly. I'm in uh, Mickey. Yeah. So the other thing is this is my PSA for everybody. And I know I freely admit this costs a little more money, but I think it's worth every penny of it. And that is I always, always, always use a porter. When I do disembarkation, and there's a couple of reasons for it. Number one, I'm tired. I don't want to lug around my own luggage. Number two, uh, the porters are very helpful. Number three, the porters are very aggressive. And in some ports, porters actually have their own special line. Not all ports. Galveston, I remember they had their own special line. But to me, it's just worth the convenience of not having to lug my luggage. They do a great job. In fact, I love the porters because they just, I don't want to lug my own stuff. And I got my kids with me. Ain't nobody got time for that. So I recommend using porters they'll be standing around by the luggage area. You can simply say no if you're not interested in it, but it's customary to tip them a couple dollars if you do use their services and I use them all the time. I don't know about you, Billy, but I, I love the convenience factor of the porters.
1: Yeah. The, the only time I don't is if I know I'm getting picked up from the port and it's like a three night where I've just got, you know, one rolling bag and a, and a shoulder right. bag, then, then it's easy. But yeah, because what I think a lot of people forget is that porter, they, they say, well, I can see where I'm going from here out the door. I can, I can carry my bags that far. Why am I going to tip this guy? I'm not going to drop five, $10, whatever. No, no, no. Where, where are you going from there? Where's your car or where's pickup? If you have a transfer, um, man, so glad I had a Porter, um, getting off independence a week ago because terminal, I believe it's 25 at Port Everglades is under construction. So they used a different building next to it and it's kind of, uh, just with temporary dividers and, and Royal Caribbean made the best of it. It worked out fine, but it made it so the parking lot was, and I'm not exaggerating a good two block walk from where you walk out of that building. Well, we all do this. Uh, I know I do it every time I come from home, come home from the grocery store, carrying a bunch of bags of, I can make it I'm just going a little ways. I could not have made it. I would have had, if I didn't get a porter a week ago, I would have had to swallow my pride, walk back in the building find a porter, <laughs> have him come outside <laughs> and grab my bags, <laughs> it would have been, uh, it, it would have been a little bit rough. Now, um, I want to take this opportunity to mention your, your bags aren't the only thing that sometimes, uh, need a little help getting through that line. And, and this again, varies, um, depending on the port you're at and a little bit of luck, uh, a week ago, we had some delays. Probably the biggest delays that I've ever experienced disembarking uh, a cruise ship, actually. And again, not Royal Caribbean's fault, between terminal construction and and I don't know, maybe maybe one of the customs people had tied a few on the night before, and we're moving slow. I I don't I can't claim to know the reasons. Dim- uh, disembarkation was delayed a bit, and there was a line. Well, Larissa, my spouse, she doesn't. She has some mobility issues at times. She has some joint issues, and I saw that we were going to be. Even though we waited to the last possible minute because what was our rush, we were actually we actually worked from the uh, from the champagne bar from our, our laptops uh, in the morning. Um, I saw it was gonna be a while, so once we got down there, we flagged down somebody from Royal Caribbean and they were able to provide a wheelchair. So that's something to, uh, to remember there as well. And ideally you should request this beforehand. We kind of screwed up and, and didn't, uh, but we're able to just very luckily flag someone down and they'll stay with you if you need assistance. I, I, I'm not telling you, please don't, Please don't get a wheelchair and then throw your bag in it. They will look at you with the mean eyes, and they should, and walk away. But if uh, if you or somebody in your, your party needs uh, needs a little help, that can be a, a big help as well because it's not just the walk, but how long you're standing in the line. If there is some sort of delay, um, or if uh, if uh, you know customs, is, it just gets backed up. That's an important thing, and they'll stay with you as well. They'll they'll actually transfer. Uh, it'll go from ship staff to somebody at the port. Uh, who will then take that wheelchair out all the way to the parking lot if you need uh, if you need some extra assistance
0: yep and once you get your luggage, the next step is you're going through customs and this is pretty true of I think almost every country, but certainly here in the United States when you get once you get your luggage you're now going through customs where This is just like if you're flying into a foreign country, you have to go through customs, you fill out that little blue form in the United States. Although they have a brand new program in Port Everglades, at least of the recording of this podcast. I hope in future years they'll be expanding because it's wonderful. They actually have a new smartphone app called Mobile Pass, which you can download. And I've used this when I was on Harmony of the Seas. It worked wonderfully because it helped cut the line. They have a special dedicated line for people with the app, which are a vast minority compared to everybody else. So, uh... Definitely look to consider that. Also, there's a special line if you are uh, – the thing you are, Billy, Global Entry?
1: Yep. If you have Global Entry, then uh, it, in Port Everglades, it depends on – Port Everglades is right now the only terminal – excuse me, the only port that uses uh, either of those programs, Global Entry or the um, mobile passport control, I believe they call it. Uh, many other airports do, but they're the only cruise port. As of right now, I've heard all sorts of rumblings. We'll see when my guess is once we see an Oasis-class ship in Port Miami, we'll see some things there, maybe before then. But uh, for now, that's the only place. Now, there are a lot of different terminals in Port Everglades. So in some, there's a very well-marked, hey, here's global entry, here's uh, mobile passport control, In others – you really got to ask for it and then several people will have no idea what you're talking about and you'll ask someone else and they'll point you down. Uh, but those are both huge time savers. Now when the mobile passport control app, uh, came out, uh, or, or when they started using it at Port Everglades, Matt, I remember you and I talked about it and I, I did the math and I sort of, uh, I sort of knocked the idea, not because it's bad, but because I, I wasn't sure that it was going to save any time. And, and frankly, at scale, I'm still not sure that it will. It's, you know, how much longer does it take a customs agent to, to look at your, your little blue customs declaration slip versus scan your phone and see if anything comes up on their screen? Uh, but as you mentioned, because not a lot of people are using it, it's almost like you get free global entry.
0: Yeah, and not only that, it, it doesn't save the customs. I don't think that much time. Maybe it does. Who knows? You know the handwriting issue, but that, it saves you time, is what it is. Because once you scan in your your passports, it is a lot faster. Because I did this, I, as many of you know, I did two non consecutive Harmony of the Seas cruises. So I did this disembarkation in Port Everglades twice using the app, and in both case, the second time, I just had to reload the information from the first time, and it was already there makes it so easy because I have to keep typing it. With the blue paper, you have to fill it out. You have to write out, okay, you know, M-A-T-T. You know what I mean? You have to do all that stuff. So breezing through the app is a lot faster. And granted, I was doing this within a week. So, you know, my experience is not quite uh, the same. But I did feel like it saved me time. And it did save a lot of space in the line. And I agree with you, Billy. I mocked it also when I first came. I said, what's the point of this? But they were telling people, you know, the line was so long. Hey, use the mobile pass app and you can, um, you can bypass all this. So if it's available for you, great. Take advantage of it. If it's not, it's not the end of the world. I've gone off many cruises without any of this stuff. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a line. You wait in it, it moves. Make sure you have your, your paperwork filled out beforehand. Don't do it in line. Don't do it when you get to the terminal, do it the night before, or at least that morning when you're eating breakfast, because you don't want to waste time. You want to be Johnny on the spot, have your stuff taken care of so you're not, first of all, A, you're not that guy, right? That guy was holding up the whole line. And B, you're not getting, in, in addition to being uh, depressed for getting off the ship, you also don't want to be frustrated with the process because you're like, oh gosh, how much money did we spend in Labadee? Uh, you know, and you're trying to get all those numbers right. You know, take a five, it really only takes about five minutes to get it all set up. Uh, you only do one per family. So if you're traveling, you know, you only, as long as it's your family your your household family you need one document per and it's it's pretty straightforward and getting there talking to the agent i mean it's always I mean, unless you got an issue you know if you have an issue it's pretty straightforward it moves very very quickly and after that that's basically it now you're on your own you're either boarding a a transfer you're going to your parked car you're someone's picking you up you're still crying but at least you're outside now <laughs> and the cruise is now totally Stopping officially that. over
1: Yes, crying obviously. is, crying is what happens in that before sobbing at this point. Uh, <laughs> I, I should mention and and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe mobile passport control, uh, that is only if uh, everyone that you're you're scanning for is a U.S. citizen. Yes, Good so point. something to yes. keep in mind.
0: Yep, absolutely. And of course, if you live in a country that has certain other programs and you're cruising out of those, hey, maybe there's some available programs as well to keep in mind. But really, the, the I mean, embarkation day is not a fun day. Disembarkation day is not a fun day. But it's, it's something that, as long as you're prepared for it, it goes by a whole lot easier. You just need to be prepared. I think the, the key takeaways you gotta remember is number one, know when you need to be off that ship. If you've got an 11 a.m. flight, do not be lollygagging at 9 o'clock, Billy Hirsch style, right? You gotta be off that ship and not over to the airport. Likewise, if you're Billy Hirsch and you live in the area, well, you know, you can take your time. You can lollygag in that case. And, and not have to worry about that too much. So, you know, be prepared for understanding what time you're planning on getting off the ship. Your luggage tags obviously reflect that. That's really important. And I think packing otherwise, just making sure you have what you need for that last day. Everything else is fairly self-explanatory and it's, it's not a fun day, but at least you can look back on it and say, well, at least I had breakfast on a cruise ship that day.
1: <laughs> I, that is, uh, you know, today I wish I would have had breakfast on a cruise ship today. So that, yeah. that's a very good point. Um it's it's the end, but you still get a little bit of that cruise. You still wake up to that stateroom to to you know, maybe whether that view is out your your veranda window, or maybe you have an inside serum, but you still you still have that feeling of being there. So try and embrace it as much as possible and uh just do yourself a favor and get plenty of sleep because it's really no fun. It it's always amazing to me. Uh, I don't know if you're. You go to sleep a little bit earlier than I do, Matt. But you ever notice there are people out partying, two in the morning, and I'm thinking, what's what, what is your plan tomorrow? <laughs> 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 in in what part of the customs line do you plan on vomiting?
0: <laughs> and that really important thing you want to do on the list not wait for the last day, is guest services. Guest services on the last day is a zoo. Do not wait for that last day. And the reason why I bring this up is I was thinking, oh, what else do we do on the last day? Oh, yeah, they're going to give you your bill. It'll be waiting for you on the door or right underneath your door or somewhere around your door on that day. The thing is, a lot of people see you and they're like, What? I spend how much at the spa? This cannot be right. Certainly, mischievous is is afoot. And you that's not grammatically correct, I know. Don't I mean.
1: (laughs) Unless that's the name of one of your children in which case that could have (laughs) been the
0: explanation precisely. (laughs) But you don't want to go on the last day to guest services. It's the worst. The line will be massive. Don't do it. What you want to do instead is go to guest services either the second to last day or even the day before that and review your charges at that point. You can get a, a review of your CPAS account at any time during your cruise. They'll give you Print out, and that's the time where you want to take advantage of it before the lines get crazy because that last night and then that morning of are just awful so do yourself a favor don't don't get in that line take advantage take it uh action on any issues that are' gonna be there if you're worried about anything even if you're not it never hurts to look at just to make sure that you know all the prices that you see there are correct and you're not being overcharged for something or whatever the case may be. Take advantage of that beforehand so that way you're not on that last line because that last day or that last morning, really, that line for guest relations is always nuts. So avoid it at all all costs.
1: Absolutely. And not only, uh, as you mentioned, Matt, you can go up to guest services at any time and and they'll happily print out your um, list of charges. It takes some seconds. It seems to be an easy screen to get to for them, unlike some others. Um, But if you are on uh, an Oasis or Quantum Class Vessel, uh, you can review those charges on your stateroom television as well. And they're updated, I think, every night at midnight, if I recall. Um, and that way you can keep up, you know, every day if you want. Just, just check in on there. If you do find, by the way, that something is wrong uh, or you think something might be wrong, it's absolutely best to do it while on board. However, if you notice something later, if you do call Royal Caribbean, they, uh, they, they will take care of it for you and they'll look into things and make adjustments if needed.
0: Sounds good. Billy, thank you so much for talking about this awful topic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Let me know next time you want to have another uh, depressing episode. I I can't even imagine how we could could go lower than this.
0: Well, full credit goes to, of course, uh, Ruskin, who sent us the email from New Zealand uh, for this idea. But it is a good idea. It's very helpful, I think, especially if you've never been or it's been a while. I think this will be helpful for folks. But yeah it's uh it's not a fun day, but it helps to be prepared so that way it's not nearly as bad as it possibly can be if that makes any kind of sense
1: yeah I, I think it's uh it may be more important to prepare for the last day than the first day. the first is a lot more exciting to prepare for, but absolutely uh, imagine not having a porter, not knowing where your documents are, forgetting your toothbrush because you've checked it, not remembering to take a picture of your luggage tags the night before so you don't know the number, just being exhausted, missing breakfast like I sort of did. Um, all those things, those are the things that that's why you plan. Even though it's not as much fun, that's why you plan for that last day. It is important. So it's. Uh, I, I'm glad you had me on to talk about it. It's. Uh, it was uh, sort of a pleasure.
0: It's time once again to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the show where we get to talk Royal creaming together when I read questions that many of you have sent into the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast to read. But before we get there, I want to make sure I say a big thank you to everybody who's been supporting Royal Korean Blog Podcast through the Royal Korean Blog Insiders. Now, the Royal Cream Blog Insiders are a group of folks who donate to Royal Crimean Blog financially every month. And in return, they get some pretty cool rewards like special Royal Cream Blog merchandise, access to special Royal Caribbean Blog events, and they also get the – some of them even get these this podcast episode a day early, and there's a lot more great benefits by doing so. So if you're not an insider already, do me a favor and go to royalcriminoblog.com slash support to get more information about it. We have that URL also on our show notes for this episode at royalcriminoblog.com, but the Royal Caribbean Blog insiders are your opportunity to show your support for this show and help really provide the basis for a lot of the ideas that we're working on and help improve everything you see here, not only in the podcast, but also at royalcoreanblog.com. Once again, for more information, royalcoreanblog.com slash support. And to everyone who's already become an insider, thank you so much for being a part of this show and supporting everything we're doing here. I love it, and your support means a lot to me, so thank you. All right, let's start off this email segment with an email from Bill Slavin, who is W.S. Slavin on Periscope. Good evening, Matt. I have a question about the new liquor package that has replaced the th- old three or four packages. The past several cruises, including the Allure of the Seas this past February, which you were on the same week I have, always purchased the Ultimate Liquor Package. The package included unlimited all-you-can-drink liquor at no extra cost, with the exception of wine, which I think was up to $12 a glass, and anything over that was charged to your card. The cost of the Ultimate pa- Liquor Package cost me roughly $560 last year. This year, the one and only liquor package is $336, including 20% pre-boarding costs. It seems to cover everything the ultimate liquor package covered, but unless I'm not reading the fine print correctly, it seems like it covers all drinks up to a $12 cap, and if it goes over that, then you're responsible for the difference. Basically, it looks like before only wine had a cap on it, but now the new liquor package has a cap on all drinks. Is this true, or am I misreading things? Bill, good question. Actually, you're misreading things. Even the old packages had a cap on them. Now, granted, for the $12 cap, actually on Oasis-class ships, it actually is up to $13. It's basically every drink that's covered there. I mean, Royal Caribbean Advertises, virtually all drinks are covered by it. Anything that's above $12 or $13 is going to basically be really specially high-shelf kind of stuff. I guarantee you anything you get out of a menu... From on Royal Caribbean, you know you're on board the ship. You're at a bar, and you whether it's a schooner bar, whether it's the Sky Bar, you know 270. It doesn't really matter. All those drinks are included in there. You say you want, you know, a a a martini, or you want doers on the rocks, or whatever. That's all going to be covered there. It's really there are only a few minor exceptions, really high shelf stuff, and you'd probably know it ahead of time if, if that's one of those drinks. And even then what happens is it will, Royal Caribbean will cover the first $12 of that cost. Let's say the drink costs $18. I don't know what it'll be. You'd only be on the hook for about $6 of that. So keep that in mind also with that. But that was still the case with the old packages as well. With the new package, the deluxe beverage package, that is still the case. So you're right. It is basically the, the current deluxe drink package is essentially the old ultimate package, if that makes any sense. Bill also writes one other thing. As you've said in the past, some things are better to purchase on board instead of pre-purchasing, so you can take advantage of the discounts that come with your Crown and Anchor status coupons. I'm an Emerald status member, and back in February on Alert the Seas, I purchased the Wi-Fi internet package for a half hour after getting on the ship while eating in the Windjammer, and I got the Emerald discount. But I forgot how much the discount was or how much the final bill was for that. A few days ago, I was looking, I was booking shows and dinner times for my upcoming cruise on Harmony of the Seas in February, and I noticed that if I pre purchase the Wi-Fi internet, they will get 50% off the cost. Should I take a risk and pre-purchase the Wi-Fi now and hope I've gotten a deal, or should I wait until I get on board the ship? Bill, another great question, and the answer is, if you're going to get internet for the duration of your cruise, it is always, always, always a better deal to pre-purchase it online, regardless of your crown anchor status. Royal Caribbean has really heavily discounted those VOOM packages, and what we've seen these days is basically a 30% discount, at least, on those internet packages. So as an Emerald member, you would absolutely stand to do better with the pre-purchase discount than if you were to get on board, regardless of your Crown of Anchor Society discount. I actually wrote a blog post kind of detailing the the differences and I'll post the link in the show notes to it at realcriminblog.com so you can read it, Bill. But I compared it to the Diamond Plus discount, figuring that's Really, the top of the ceiling, since I don't think too many Pinnacle members read my blog or listen to this podcast. Maybe I'm wrong. If you're a Pinnacle member, hey, send me an email, matt at I'd love to hear from you. But I figured that was the most you know, likely scenario, or not worst case, but best case scenario in terms of discounts. And even then, it was almost always better to pre-purchase it. You're definitely going to be better off doing that bill. So yeah, the answer is definitely pre-purchase it. And, to your, and if people are wondering what things should you pre-purchase versus not pre-purchase, internet, yes drink packages, absolutely. If you're going to buy them, by the way, I should say you should only pre-purchase them if you're interested in buying them. If you're not in the market for them, don't waste your money, obviously. But you should pre-purchase internet, pre-purchase your drink packages, pre-book any entertainment, just because if you're on a ship that offers it, it's complimentary. Why not? So take advantage of that. Especially restaurants, I have more of a mixed reaction to that. If you're married to a particular day, Yes, pre-book it, especially dining packages. You should absolutely take advantage of. But if you're interested in, like, hey, I want to go to Chops or Sabor or Zumi, but you know, I'm only interested in you know going there once or twice. You know what I mean? Like one or two restaurant reservations, and you don't really care what day it is. If there are no discounts available before your cruise for them, it's it's a it's a wash. There's really no advantage. The only advantage of pre-booking is that theoretically you might be able to get the exact day and time you want. If you're married to that particular day and time, you can also wait to get on board. There's usually some sort of uh, specials going on you know your mileage may vary in terms of what specials are available now if you do see a discount online for a particular restaurant which we have seen from time to time where they'll be like you know 30% off chops grill or Jamie's italian yeah then that's good. that's a pretty good deal and you should take advantage of it one less thing to worry about especially if you're already planning on doing it but assuming there's no discounts i don't there's no real benefit to booking online other than Blocking at a particular day and time. And a lot of people would argue that they like to use their onboard credit when they're on board the ship and they'll wait to make reservations when they get on board. Because as you know, anything you book via the cruise planner before your cruise, you pay at that time. Now, you can always get a refund for it, but you know, why lay out money you don't have to, right? Bill, good questions. I like them. Thank you very much. Our next email comes to us from Debbie Johansson, who writes, hi again. I just wrote yesterday with a question, but I'm listening to so many podcasts of yours and I already have a suggestion. I just listened to the Coco Cay versus Labadee episode. I think it would be neat to have a podcast on each one separately. We'll be stopping at Coco Cay and would like to hear about the island, what to do, and tips. While I enjoy the podcast, the one guy did repeatedly say how great Barefoot Beach is, which is cool. But without knowing anything about the island, I really wanted to hear about all the activities on the island and what's going on there. Just a thought. Thank you for the email, Debbie. I got good news for you. We actually did it. Wish granted. They're a little older episodes. I know you're catching up, so maybe you haven't gotten back there yet. Episode four, we talked exclusively about Labadie, And episode 26, we talked exclusively about Coco K. So check those out. Now, if they're a little out of date, which some things are not, you know, we obviously these are back in 2014. So perhaps things have changed. And hey, maybe we do need to do a update on them. But I think what you're asking for is a in-depth look at each episode private destination at Royal Caribbean Services, and again, those episodes will be what you're looking for, and I will uh, aspire to link to those, both those episodes for you in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com. so in case you're driving, you don't have to come over to the side of the road and not jot them down. Don't worry about it. We'll have links for them in your show notes for you, but it's a good question, and love both those places. It's, it's hard to go wrong with either one, although as I said in that debate episode, I am a D kind of guy. Our last email today comes to us from somebody who didn't put their name, so don't forget to put your name in your email and where you're from so I can give you credit. So we'll just name this person Mr. or Mrs. X. Hello, I know you've been busy cruising lately, but I have a question about the set sail pass. What does the yellow G stand for? I have three junior suites booked, and mine is the only one with the yellow G. Now, he sent, uh, he or she, I'm not sure who it is, sent me a, a screenshot of it. It's their set sale pass, and it says here they have a, a gold G next to their JS. JS obviously standing for Junior Sweep. The G means you are a gold in Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society. That's what the G means. So if you ever move up to Platinum, it would become a P, and it would obviously be a different background color. So basically, uh, the what you're looking at is you are in Crown and Anchor, whereas your compadres that you're with, are not either enrolled in Crown & Anchor or maybe it's their first cruise and which they wouldn't be members anyway. But that's the distinction. That's why you're seeing the G over there. That also tells Royal Caribbean that you're allowed into special areas. When you do Embarkation Day, there are going to be special areas for every member of Royal Caribbean's Crown & Anchor Society because they tend to board people in priority based on their Crown Anchor Society status. So people in suites and pinnacle members go first, follow up with Diamond Plus, follow up Diamond, Emerald, uh-huh. Platinum, and then obviously Gold, and then everybody else. So by being a Gold member, you get some special perks. Now, of course, being in a suite, you're actually, your junior suite benefit supersedes your Gold benefit, but uh, the reason why you're seeing a G on your set sail pass is because you're a Gold member in Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society. Hope that helped you there. Thank you so much for the email. And of course, love reading Royal Caribbean emails. If you want to have your email read, hey, send me an email. Matt, M-A-T-T at Royal Caribbean blog.com. Matt at Royal Caribbean blog.com. If you want to have your email read, would love to talk about it. So whatever's on your mind, whether it's a question, a comment, a thought, it's all available by uh, sending me an email at Matt Royal Caribbean blog.com. And we'll read it right here on the podcast. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.